welcome back to our Endurance Race podcast. Today, I'm joined by Liz, the co-founder of Awaco Sleeper. Today, she gives us her testimony and tells us a little bit about what Awaco Sleeper is doing. As she gives her testimony, please keep in mind that some subjects or topics you may not want your little ones to hear. So before you listen in the car or have this podcast on speakerphone around your young children, just keep that in mind. But I hope you enjoy my podcast with Liz. So Liz, can you tell me about your testimony, your journey to Christ and how you got to where you are today? Well, I don't know how far back to start, really, because as I'm sure you've heard from everyone, it really starts whenever you're born and, you know, whatever way you came into the world. And I was born very late into my parents' lives. I was a surprise. They had been married before and they weren't married So my mother was almost 40 when I was born. They weren't married, but they did get married. It was a very apparent thing as a child that I didn't quite fit (laughs) into, um, you know, into the scene. My brother and sister were going to college when I was a child. My parents, my dad was very active, but my mom, you know, it just was apparent that they were older than all my friends' moms. Which is fine. They they gave me everything. It was great, but it was still a little bit off. Um, there was some mental illness at the house that back in the day just wasn't addressed like it is now. So a lot of anxiety and worrying and that sort of thing. So I start with that because later it was such a blessing to have been unexpected and for my mother to have had me. I, as I got older, I was faced with the same situation, but I'll touch on that in a minute. <laughs> my childhood was great, spoiled pretty much, but I remember being a child and listening in church because we went every Sunday to a Baptist church. I remember hearing about God and it was just accepted and that sort of thing. And then I remember finding out about hell and my mother, I don't want to blame her at all because she's a great mom, but with her over worrying and anxiety and that sort of thing, whenever I found out about hell, it just felt like someone else who was trying to control my decisions and it just felt like a threat and I was so tired of being in a place of worry and anxiety I was just like I I don't think this is for me I don't really buy into this and honestly it kind of made me mad Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, as a child I remember just sitting there and being like this is crap and I I'm so tired of this but anyways not placing the blame on my mom at all they were great and still are great. As a teenager, under the sort of continued rebellion, um, I started to do drugs and drink and have sex by the age of 14. That continued until I was 21. I couldn't have a relationship with anyone just very, I don't want to be controlled. I don't want to answer to anyone. I want to do what I want. I don't want to have any bad feelings. I just want to be in 
full of chaos and out of control and do what I want, basically, because I grew up where every movement was very controlled and I just felt like suffocated or caged or something like that. Anyways, so I thought I was going to be like that forever and it was going to be amazing. Well, along the way, I had several friends overdose and die. Mm. Um, And to this day, that's still an ongoing thing with my friends because that is not the norm to escape that type of lifestyle, unfortunately. So I still, to this day, watch friends go through that. Mm. And so by 21... I was pregnant. I had no idea who the father was. I mean, it wasn't like (laughs) a slew of people that it could have been, but I didn't know exactly who the dad was. So a lot of people were hurt in that I was obviously humiliated and, you know, brought shame to the family, that sort of thing. But honestly, I really didn't feel that much shame at the time. (laughs) I probably should have, but I was so emotionally just dead inside. I remember having our last child versus my first child. In my head, I was like, yeah, I love my son. But really looking back, your heart, it just becomes so damaged that the type of love isn't comparable to the true type of love a mom should feel for their baby. Mm. I was single. And then I met my husband and he was also in a very dark place. It's a miracle that we became Christians. Uh, We got married after six months of dating. (laughs) You know, the chaos continued and my family didn't support it. But anyways, we got married and still, even though we were married, the drug use wasn't a thing anymore. No one cheated on each other. You know, to everyone, we probably looked like a happy family. There was still a void missing because we weren't religious. I was still very much damaged from my teen years and all that I went through with that. Um, So I guess the breaking point was maybe COVID when that hit or in late 2019, early 2020, where we had two more kids. We weren't unhappy by any means, but by that point, it was very obvious that we weren't doing our best. There was anger towards the kids, shouting, that sort of thing. Just, you know, no discipline in the house. Well, we had discipline for the kids, but probably just not for ourselves. And so anyways, long story short, uh, COVID happened. And I remember it was so dark you know, on the inside of me. And then when the world became kind of dark during that, um, I just remember going to my husband. He was asleep. It was Sunday morning. And I was like, you've just got to get up. Like we're going to church. I just need you to lead us. And I hadn't allowed him to do that as a rebellious wife or I don't know, just it wasn't the correct order of things at home. So I just begged him essentially like we've got to do something or we're just not going to make it. And he was like half asleep and confused, like, what the heck are you talking about? (laughs) Um, So anyways, yeah, we went to church at Calvary Chapel in Chattanooga and it was like we had been there a 
couple times before randomly, but it never stuck. But it was like the pastor sermon was like charged or something. And it was probably the same nature of how everyone was feeling during COVID. Um, just sick of, I guess, like the lies maybe, or, you know, the mandates the no one was wearing a mask in church. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, we got to see people again. Our children were like out of the house laughing with other kids. And the sermon was just so charged um, according to like what was going on at the time. And they didn't sweeten it in any way. They said exactly what the Bible said in that, um, you know, we're, we're going to talk about things that are going on in the world right now, like homosexuality, the LGBT cue all that stuff we're gonna talk about all the ugly parts that everybody is just kind of rushing over right now and it looks like they were supercharged or something and we were hooked after that we started going I joined a small group all that goes to say that we really felt joy in our marriage for the first time and we became saved I guess maybe two years ago now and I mean, it's just night and day at our house as far as, I mean, in every aspect down to our eating, our spending, our, our kids, we put them in a private Christian school because their school, even being so conservative over the Georgia line was just, we were like, oh no, we got to get them out. I think that people can relate to a story of how someone else grew up and what they felt and what brought them to Christ. And I think that in 2019, a lot of people were looking for something. And I attend Calvary Chapel, Greenville, Tennessee. So, oh, cool. <laughs> so I know that we stayed open and a lot of people were seeking in that time. They really wanted to be in church and to hear the word and to hear it freely and not feel like they had to be confined. People need people in a sense. Yeah. I mean, that's scriptural. You need to be communing and fellowshipping with others and some of the virtual stuff is great but it's lacking like, mm -hmm. it just is i mean technology allows us to speak today um though sometimes technology fails us and it's been a hard way to connect it's not like walking into a coffee shop and and being able to speak but there's some very good things about technology but there's stuff that's very much lacking and there's a difference when you know of christ and when you submit your life to christ yeah, and that's exactly how I felt during that time. Um, I don't know if you've ever read any of Anne Lamott's stuff, but she described her relationship with God. She's a very unconventional type of Christian. I really like her some of her books, but she described Christ as like a cat that kept following her around, and she would see it, and she'd be like, there it is again, keeps popping up. And then finally she's opened the door and said, come in. <laughs> and so that's, I really related with that. It kept popping up and I tried virtually everything, drugs, men. And even after I stopped all that, I believed in like crystals and a lot of new age stuff. And we are pretty big into holistic medicine, but it's not enough to fill a void in your marriage or in your life. So yeah, we really were just, we hit a desperate point in our relationship and in our lives during that time. And then we finally were just like, you know what? We've been trying all these things. It's not working. We're just going to submit 
And at the very least, if it doesn't work, then oh well, but it, it did very, very much so. So after that first service we went to, it felt like we had been so thirsty for something and that was like water mentally or something. And after that, we were like, we got to go to all the church events. We want to hear more. And it was just amazing. Well, praise God. You know, praise God that he brought you out of all of that darkness and all of that past. And like you said, there's not a lot of people that make it out of addiction like you did. But there there really isn't. It's something and, you know, we all pay for the consequences of things that we've done really ongoing. And part of that for both of us, because my husband has a similar testimony, is seeing all the people that we really care, cared about and love just refusing constantly to go to church with us or suffering mentally or the ones who are still active users uh, dying or physically being very close to it. Yeah. And and I feel like when you are trying to show the love of Christ to others and it's rejected or you're like, just come here and let me love you and let me help you. And you have people that are running from you. What you really see is a reflection of yourself and how you treated God, or at least that is, that's how it was for me and how it is for me. And I I get to see a reflection of how I treat God. And then I'm humbled (laughs) and I'm like, God, I'm so sorry that I have acted like this. Yeah. And even just reflecting back on everything that I went through and really brought upon myself, I just can't believe, like, who was that? I don't even know how that's possible. And I would hear my brother as a pastor, my parents are very conservative and I would hear their words. And just like it says in the Bible, the ground, the foundation was not something that was able to have any type of seed be planted and grow, it just fell on deaf ears, essentially. Um, so I guess anyone who we talk to, that's what it feels like. Like they're hearing it, but it's just not taking root. Or sometimes it does. I mean, hopefully you never know someone's heart. But yeah, to hear all these other stories has been extremely encouraging. And so you have started a program called... Awake Sleeper. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, we just hear these testimonies of some people, some, you know, some were just very cookie cutter stories. Those need to be heard too. But some of them, I've heard of some where I'm like, okay, well, that was a lot, you know. (laughs) Yes. And it really changed me and my husband just as much. That's the part we didn't expect. We wanted others to hear it, but hearing them ourselves has been really humbling, like you said, and amazing. Well, I think too, when you hear these stories, it encourages you and it encourages other people too. And none of the stories, even if they seem less powerful, they're speaking to somebody. Because I've I've spoken to people that have had a lot of traumatic events and I've spoken to people that's like, hey, I grew up in church, but there came to a point where I just knew something was missing. And that's kind of my story is I grew up in church. I accepted the Lord when I was seven. I had this legalistic mindset, you know, you, you sound like you're from the South too, a Southern Baptist yes. have a way of preaching hellfire and brimstone and not a lot of grace. Yeah. So mm-hmm. <laughs> when I realized that I couldn't be this perfect person that I thought I could be, I couldn't be righteous. I couldn't be holy. So I went through somewhat of a slight rebellious phase, you know, got a few tattoos, that kind of thing. Um, and just kind of like 
gave up, I guess, on it a little bit. Still went to church and then got married. And it came to a point to where I was like, you know what, God, I I can't do life as an adult on my own anymore. I just need you to step in. I need you to intervene and take control. And when that was a submission, because there's a knowledge of Christ. And a lot of people have that knowledge. But I use the analogy. It's like, yeah, I know Farmer Joe down the road, but you don't really know Farmer Joe down the road. You just know he's the farmer down the road, you know? <laughs> so you have no relationship. And that's what Christianity is really about. When people really take into consideration and really know like, hey, I need to have that relationship. And when people tell their testimonies, some people think, well, I'm unworthy. Nobody could love me for what I've done. Nobody could possibly forgive me. I can't even forgive myself. I can't give myself grace. But really, the point to drive home is, yes, God loves you. He does forgive you. And you can have a life in abundance, no matter your past. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think we're seeing with all this evil today, with crime in the city rising, or even to how communism in China has become more strict. They're being persecuted, but we've never seen, at least I've not heard of it, as many people just turning to Jesus. So I guess that's encouraging too, is that the devil always has a plan to bring you down or do all this evil. And then God's always like, yeah, I'm going to use that for myself. Thank you. (laughs) So... I mean, even being born out of wedlock, I forgot to mention that, but being born, my parents did get married, but, you know, it was kind of, maybe they felt like, and this is just me assuming that they kind of were forced to get married at that point. And that was a little bit off in my childhood. But when I became pregnant, I mean, I just remember thinking, okay, this is it. Like if you have an abortion, there's no coming back from that for me because I knew that I, when I was conceived, it was, it was a choice. And a lot of people probably pressured my mom, just like they pressured me. And I was just like, I can't do it. And so God used my mom and dad's, I don't want to say mistakes, but their sin for good later in my life. I'm just so glad that they chose life. And I was able to experience that when it came down to that for me as well. We serve a God who has a history of redemption and redeeming people. And I had picked out a verse because I'd thought about this earlier on. I was like, you know, this is going to be a podcast where we talk about redemption and being reconciled to Christ. And so there was a couple of verses that I picked out, one of them being in Psalms 107 verses 1 and 2. And it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. And a lot of us have had pasts that we're not proud of, and it may be, some may be more so than others, but if you're redeemed, let others know, say so, you know? Absolutely. I'm reading through the Gospels right now, and the other day I came up um, to the Samaritan woman. And it's in John 4, verse 39. And it said, many Samaritans from the town believed in him, him being Jesus, because of the woman's testimony where she said, he told me all that I ever did. So Jesus knew her and what she had done 
He didn't run because all the things that she had done. She was a woman who had multiple men in her life. And the person that she was living with at the time was not even her husband. And he didn't wash his hands of her. He didn't just not talk to her. He spoke to her. And so as we read about this interaction in the Bible, because it said many in the town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. And she said, he, he told me all that I'd ever done. He told me who I was. And she went and told everybody. And I thought that was just so powerful, especially with what you guys are doing with having people share their testimony. Because when you testify what God's done in your life, others can say, he can do that for me too. And I'm going to seek after him. Yeah, I, I really hope so. <laughs> but I know that he's got the power to turn it all around for anyone in any circumstance or season of their life, for sure. And if somebody's out there today and is like, you know, I want my life to turn around, how do I get it to turn around? So first, you have to admit that you're a sinner, that you need God's help. Sin is things that you do that is not God's plan, things that take you away from God and separate you from God, things that are wrong, things that are the opposite of God. We serve a holy God, and we are all sinners. First and foremost, we all sin every day, but God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to save us from those sins that we may have eternal life. So all you have to do is admit that you're a sinner, that you do wrong, that you're not in right standing with God, believe in Jesus Christ, and then commit your life to Christ. And it's the, called the ABCs of salvation, ABC, admit, believe, commit. That's it. It's as simple as that. And I think every day is a surrender. You have to surrender your life daily to Christ. You have to take up your cross daily and follow after him. It's not just a one-time thing. Absolutely. So you have your project called a Waco Sleeper. How can people get involved to help? Well, um, you know, there's a lot of easy and free ways to help. Um, following us on Instagram, Facebook, we've got our website, we've got a newsletter if anyone's interested in that. But we also are selling t-shirts with our logo that have access to our website, that information on the back. And any proceeds that we are receiving right now, right now we're set up as an LLC, so we can use the funding to go for filming equipment because we'd like to do some in-person interviews in the future. Um, so any donation or t-shirt sales go towards that right now in the future, we hope to convert to a nonprofit so we can give back. One thing I was so impressed with Calvary in Chattanooga is that they do a renew program for, um, women. And then they have a farm 58 program for men where they, it's a one year of free rehab, yeah. which is unheard of. It's extremely expensive to send people to rehab. And also a lot of times it's not Christian based. They're not truly rehabilitated and able to be put back into the workforce, that sort of thing. And Calvary has set that up and we'd love to donate back to that in the future. But right now we're saving for some equipment so we can get more people's testimonies out there. So just liking, following, sharing, that sort of thing is free. And then there are ways to donate, of course, to but anything at all, even the smallest thing helps. So that is a Wake O Sleeper on Instagram. 
Do you have Facebook? and We do. We have Facebook as well and a website, which is just awakosleeper.com, I believe. <laughs> okay. I, I think that is our handle, but it is linked to our Instagram and Facebook. I believe it's just awakosleeper.com. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And you're just hoping to allow people to tell their stories, their testimonies, to encourage other people and point people back to Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And there are people who are in different denominations. There are people who believe in things that I don't know as much about. Like there's someone who asked me, like, do you believe in healing, laying hands, that sort of thing? And I said, you know, we're really not trying to preach to people. We have our certain beliefs and we'll talk about them, of course, but there's some things, you know, like we're still baby Christians. We just want to hear your story and share them. I certainly am not in a place to preach to anyone. So that's basically what we're doing. We're letting people tell their story, even if it doesn't completely align with ours. You know, if they're repentant and believe in Jesus Christ and commit to him, that's all that matters to us. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. And thank you for taking time to speak to me today. I hope you're encouraged. Keep up the good work. Keep doing kingdom work and being after what God has called you to do and placed on your heart. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for getting in contact with me. Thank you for listening today to our Endurance Race podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you are listening and head over to my Instagram page so you can stay informed and up to date on all the things that we are doing here at Our Endurance Race. We'll catch you next time.